Hi, this is David. Welcome to episode 35 of Upward Journey Bible Study, where we study the Bible and theology. This episode focuses on learning some of the content and message of the Gospel of John, chapter 13, in which we see Jesus serving his disciples by washing their feet. Jesus shows his love for his disciples while knowing one of his disciples will betray him. Jesus also knows that he was about to die as a part of the mission that God sent him to do. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations for this episode are taken from the World English Bible Orthodox Version because the World English Bible is in the public domain. To get the most of this podcast, it would be good for you to take about five minutes to read John chapter 13. Let's get started. We are now at the point in the Gospel of John when Jesus' death on the cross is just hours away. It is Thursday, likely at night. It is nighttime by the time Judas leaves the supper. See John chapter 13, verse 30, which says regarding Judas, quote, Therefore, having received that morsel, he went out immediately. It was night. End quote. John has 21 chapters, and Jesus' crucifixion is in chapter 19. In chapter 18, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he is arrested. John, in chapters 13 to 17, is going into detail about what Jesus talked about with his disciples before his crucifixion. John chapter 13, verses 1 to 2, this is before the Feast of the Passover. Jesus foreknew what was about to happen. Jesus knew he would depart from this world to go to God the Father. Jesus loved his disciples to the end. During the supper, the devil had already put into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. At this time, Jesus not only knew he was about to die, but he also knew that God the Father had given all things into his hands. John's Gospel has given us some answers as to what God has placed into Jesus' hands. In John chapter 3, verses 34 to 35, God had given Jesus the Holy Spirit without measure. God the Father has given all judgment and honor to Jesus. The honor that belongs to God the Father is given to God the Son. John chapter 5, verse 22. God gave Jesus the ability to have life in himself. John chapter 5, verse 26. God gave Jesus the authority to execute judgment. John chapter 5, verse 27. God gave to Jesus the work God the Father wanted him to do. John 17, verse 4. God gave to Jesus his disciples. John 17, verse 6. God gave Jesus the words to speak to his disciples. John 17, verse 8. God gave to Jesus God's glory, John 17, verses 22 and 24. God the Father gave to Jesus the mission to die on the cross, John chapter 18, verse 11. Jesus is God, just as God the Father is God. The fact that God gives these things to Jesus in no way diminishes Jesus' deity. In Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, we see that God had given to Jesus all authority in heaven and on earth. 
In summary, God gave all things into Jesus' hands. God gave Jesus' message, the words he was to speak, the ability to have life in himself, the authority to execute judgment, the duty to die on the cross, his disciples, God's work that God wanted Jesus to do, the Holy Spirit without measure. God gave to Jesus the power to lay down his life and take it again. It is God the Father's commandment to Jesus to lay down his life and take it again. John chapter 10, verses 17 to 18. Jesus knew he had come from God the Father and was going to God the Father. Jesus knew his greatness, yet he took on the form of a servant and began to wash his disciples' feet. It was the custom at that time for people to wash their feet, which got dirty, in shoes that were more sandals than shoes. Guests in Bible times were provided with water for washing their feet. In the Old Testament, it appears, most people washed their own feet. Abraham provided water for his guests to wash their feet in Genesis chapter 18, verse 4. Abigail humbled herself to David, calling herself a servant to wash the feet of the servants of David. 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 41. Here Jesus showed his humility and love to his disciples by washing his disciples' feet. Jesus took off his outer garment and wrapped a towel around his waist. He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. There's no mention of what any disciple said except for Peter. When Jesus came to Peter, Peter said to Jesus that Jesus would never wash his feet. Jesus told Peter that if Jesus did not wash his feet, then Peter had no part with Jesus. Peter then said, Then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus told Peter that was not necessary for someone who had already bathed to have to wash again. Only his feet needed to be washed. Jesus said his disciples were clean, but not all of them. Jesus was referring to Judas, whose heart was unclean, because he was yielding to temptations, such as stealing, and now he was betraying Jesus. Jesus then told his disciples the lesson he was teaching them by washing their feet. Jesus said in John chapter 13, verses 12 to 16, quote, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord. You say so correctly, for so I am. If I then, the Lord and the teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an, an example that you should also do as I have done to you. Most certainly, I tell you, a servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is one who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. End quote. Jesus, as their teacher and Lord, washed his disciples' feet. Jesus took on the role of his servant to serve others. He humbled himself to serve others. 
We no longer have the custom of providing water for our guests to wash their own feet. Neither do slaves or servants wash people's feet today. The illustration is an illustration of humility and service. Today we fulfill this by being humble and considering others more important than ourselves. We need to look after the interest and needs of others and not just our own needs. Instead of seeking others to honor and praise us, our mindset should be on serving others. Paul in Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 8 says, quote, If therefore there is any exhortation in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any tender mercies and compassion, make my joy full by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, doing nothing through rivalry or through conceit, but in humility, each counting others better than himself, each of you not just looking to his own things, but each of you also to the things of others. Have this in your mind, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, didn't consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, yes, the death of the cross. This is the kind of humility we should show to other believers and to non-believers. This is the kind of humility that a man should show to his wife and a woman to her husband. Often the attitude is that if we serve others, we expect them to serve us back. I did the humble task before, now it is your turn. That is not the attitude of humility Christ is calling us to do. We follow Jesus' example of washing feet by putting on humility and serving one another. Foot washing in that culture was for slaves or servants to do. It was below their dignity and self-honor to wash someone else's feet. Then we are told Jesus was troubled in spirit. He told his disciples that one of them would betray him. Next, Jesus warns his disciples that one of them will betray him. He was talking about Judas. Jesus knew what Judas was planning and had decided to do. Jesus knew Judas would assist the Jewish leaders seeking to kill Jesus by leading the leaders to Jesus to arrest him in private. Betrayal hurt more coming from a close associate. Judas had spent the last three years in ministry with Jesus. For a while he may have been a genuine follower of Jesus. This should be a warning to all of us as Christians. We need to guard our hearts and minds. The best of Christians can turn from their loyalty to Jesus and begin to serve Satan. It may come in many forms. Maybe it might be greed as it was with Judas. Maybe it might be in the form of materialism. 
Maybe it might be in the form of lust and adultery. No Christian is beyond the potential of backsliding and going to hell. Judas had given the devil a foothold by stealing. What should Judas have done? Maybe when tempted to steal, he could have told Jesus of his temptation and asked if someone else could be responsible for the money box. Temptations should be avoided. Instead of seeking Jesus' help, he started practicing sin by stealing. His heart was turning from Christ to money. He was becoming enslaved to sin. If we find ourselves drifting, let us diligently repent and seek God's help to turn from the path of sin and turn back to loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But on the outside, Judas must have appeared to be a genuine follower of Jesus to his fellow disciples. No one knew what who Jesus was talking about when Jesus mentioned a betrayer. Jesus quoted from Psalm 41, verse 9, where it talks of a close friend betraying a friend. Psalm 41, verse 9 says, quote, Yes, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, who ate bread with me, has lifted up his heel against me, end quote. Peter wanted to know who the betrayer was going to be. It was likely John, the author of this gospel, that Peter motioned to for John to ask Jesus who it was. Jesus said it would be the one to whom Jesus would give a piece of bread after Jesus had dipped it. Notice in the verse we just heard in Psalm 41 verse 9 that it was a person who ate bread with him that was going to harm him. Jesus gave the piece of bread to Judas, and Satan entered Judas' heart. Jesus, knowing what Judas was about to do, told Judas to do it quickly. However, none of the other disciples knew that Jesus was about to be arrested. Judas then left. The disciples assumed, since Judas had the money box, that he was going to go buy what was needed for the feast, or that he was going to give some of the money to the poor. Judas immediately went out, and it was night. Jesus then told his disciples that he was going to be with them a little longer. His disciples would seek him, and the disciples could not go with Jesus where he was going. Jesus then gave to his disciples a new commandment. They were to love one another just like Jesus loved them. Jesus had loved them to the end. His love for his disciples had led to Jesus praying for his disciples to stay true to him. His love included teaching them about God. His love was demonstrated in laying down his life for his disciples. His love was demonstrated in humility, washing their feet. Jesus called his disciples to the same level of love. Peter asked Jesus where he was going. Jesus told Peter it was a place that Peter could not follow now, but will follow afterwards. Peter wanted to know why he could not follow Jesus now. Peter stated he was willing to die for Jesus, but Jesus knew Peter's heart and weakness. Jesus told 
Peter that before the rooster crows in a few hours, that Peter will deny Jesus three times. Let us look at some lessons from this chapter. One, the lesson of servanthood and humility. This was shown by Jesus washing the disciples' feet. Two, the lesson of the need of Jesus' cleansing. We need Jesus to cleanse us from our sins. This requires us to submit to Jesus for Jesus to cleanse us. Three, the lesson of the need to love as Jesus loved. And four, the lesson of the need to guard our hearts. Judas failed to guard his heart, and this once faithful believer in Christ turned from Christ and perished eternally. Thank you for joining with me and listening to this podcast. Be sure to search the Bible to evaluate all teachers, including me. Check out my website at UpwardJourneyBibleStudy.com where you can learn more about this podcast and other resources for spiritual growth. Always remember to keep God first in your life. Bye for now.